Hey guys, and welcome to Personality Bingo with me, your host, Tom Moore. So this week on the podcast, we have the unbelievable John Sharpson. John is a presenter uh, with Sharoof uh, on RT Junior, TG Cahar. Uh, he's also, you'll know him from the Tri Channel, from the Fact Channel, that's where I met John. And as well as that, he is now branched into acting, which we talk about. Uh, he was one of the stars of the Limerick Panto last year. This year, he's going to be on the national touring um, Panto cast. And uh, yeah, I mean, he's just gone from strength to strength. We have a brilliant chat uh, about all things to do with his career and just kind of like the crossroads that he came to and uh, where he's come out on the other end of it. And I'm so excited for him. He is, uh, oh, he's just one of the most likeable, charismatic and talented people I know. So I'm so chuffed to see him doing what he is doing. In other news, I am just back from my travels and I am straight back into the thick of things with Copperface Jack the Musical. We kick things off next week, which is insane. Uh, as you listen to this, um, we'll be starting rehearsals this Monday uh, as you listen. So uh, really excited. We're going straight back in with a bang and um, the cast is all back together. Um, so buzzing to be back in a room with these people. Uh, Paul Howard's brilliant script. Carl Harper pulling the strings oh, we've just got the best team um, and the best people uh, it's, it's a real special show if you're in Dublin go and see it we're at the Olympia Theatre um, all of July and uh, the good to August so look it's a real treat I can't wait to share this show with anyone who didn't get to see it uh, and make sure you let me know if you're in and what you think and um, yeah it's going to be a buzz so uh, make sure you get along as well as that there's loads to plug uh, in the bingo loco world go and check out their shows they also have the brilliant loco land um, which is uh, their first uh, festival in um, Dunleary it's going to be a phenomenon I feel like they've got example playing they've got uh, S Club 7 Dustin the Turkey Tony Cantwell I mean the lineup is unbelievable so go and check that out as well as just the general bingo loco madness I'm off myself to do a show tonight in 22 and then I am w- w- Wicklow uh, next Friday uh, I believe so if you're about come and check us out although sorry those shows are all sold out now that I think about it but anyway um, this is now just turning into me proving to people I am busy so I will shut up um, as always go and check out our Patreon that's patreon.com forward slash person Bingo, always um, great and um, when people you know are able to uh, chip in with something because uh, we do this podcast for you and if it's something that you enjoy uh, and you can throw the price of a pint of coffee whatever it might be our way it makes a massive difference I know that sounds like bullshit I promise you it is not so uh, go over to patreon.com forward slash personality bingo chuck something our way and uh, if you can't do that why not just screenshot the podcast put it up on your Instagram story it's a brilliant way of letting people know that you are listening that you are enjoying um, anything on Twitter Facebook just word them out it all helps uh, to keep people listening and um, yeah, getting to share special content like this because um, look when John is talking about some of the stuff he is in the articulate uh, and intelligent and just generally lovely way that he is um, it's a shame that uh, as many people as possible uh, wouldn't get to hear that I, I think this is important stuff to get out there and I'm really glad to get to do it so without further ado please Enjoy the wonderful John Sharpson playing Personality Bingo with Tom Moran.
John Sharps ready to play personality bingo? Absolutely. All right, sweet. So a quick explanation of how it all works. I've got 60 minutes on the clock, 60 balls in here, and 60 corresponding questions. I've also given you a sheet of paper with five numbers on it. Would you do me a favor and read out the five? The numbers are 1, yeah. 23, right. 36, okay. 47, and 55. Nice. Do me another favor. Pick a sixth number, something between 1 and 60 that's not already there. It is. Will I tell you what it is? Yeah, please. It's the number 30. 30? Mm-hmm. Any reason? It's my birthday. Oh, it is your birthday. Not yeah. today, but it's my birthday on the 30th of September. The 30th of September? Yeah, weird one. Last nice. day in September. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Better than September 11th. It is better than September the, the 11th. Yeah. You know? Yeah. This is, this is a better date. Absolutely. You were the biggest disaster that happened on that date. I, it, right? <laughs> in September in general. Exactly, yeah. You're worse than the worst terrorist <laughs> attack <laughs> of all time. <laughs> And we're off. <laughs> Could you imagine those poor people whose birthdays are on September the 11th? Yeah, it's grim. You'd feel guilty for celebrating. Yeah, you know? blowing out your candles. And anyway, no, <laughs> we won't go down that road. Okay. I'll crack and start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just as I told you, we could edit anything out <laughs> if you wanted. It's funny though, I always say that at the start and I think it's actually just a very manipulative way of me being like, oh, don't worry, you can say what you, you want because no one ever wants to edit it out really. They don't want to be that guy. No, we, yeah. we had one we had one episode that we recorded, Roxanne and Akeem, we talk about it in the episode, so it's fine to say, and then at the end she was like, um, I don't want that to go out and I was like, that's fine. So we just didn't, we did it again. We did a great episode. It's great, Shannon. As in, you, you did a full episode? We did a full episode and then she, she texted me later that day being like, I'm a bit upset. I, I feel like I I opened up in a way I, I didn't really want to. It turned into a therapy session. like Yeah, because right I have a tendency to do that because I'm really interested in like people and like... That's a great sign of a presenter though. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then, then like, but like my thing is I was like, I just never want anyone to be in any way upset about it. Like yeah. she wasn't upset about the conversation. She was upset about the prospect of certain people hearing things that she'd said. Fair enough. Which I totally get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, yeah, we'll just do it again. We'll because it again. ultimately it's a conversation between two people. Yeah. And where that goes, you kind of forget that the rest of the world could potentially be listening that's the most common thing people say yeah. after doing the two things people say that like the listener won't get to hear but like the minute I go that's that's it thanks so much for coming and doing it they're always like oh my god it was it was so serious because I think everyone thinks they're going to come in and will be gassed yeah, for ages well, whereas bingo. like yeah 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 exactly and then the other thing yeah the other thing is, is yeah, people get very self-conscious that it, like either they weren't funny or that it was too serious right. and uh, yeah, the other thing is that like they're just like I just forgot it was a podcast like that it was just a chat yeah. which like which does sound like nonsense but uh, like I, I think they mean it like you can kind of get the sense of it um, but uh, yeah but again that's a conversation between two people mm. you know and it could be a great conversation if you're sitting down having a coffee but when there's mic and headphones on <laughs> the rest of the world could know and it's only afterwards you'd be like jeez I'm mortified I can't believe him but yeah. I told him the first day that I fired one out, or whatever it yeah, is you know yeah, what I mean yeah. Yeah. Oh, I definitely say like as in if you, like it's it's funny even if I start like dating someone and, and like, the podcast comes up because yeah. it's funny I'll introduce like people like you know or they're like so what do you do and I normally like say like um like I'm an actor and a writer normally and then like the more we get to know I'll be like well I do like some like singing and like musicals and stuff and I like do a podcast and I do voiceover I do like comedy like then they start like but you ca- if you say that to start someone's just like <laughs> like either lying or a psychopath <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> so um but it's funny then when you tell somebody to do the podcast and they inevitably you know they're like curious they're, like they want to listen and I'm like yeah. right, you're gonna you're gonna get a lot of me very quickly <laughs> like, you know? you're gonna know exactly what I'm all about here. really like yeah. you really will but yeah. um anyway so I uh, yeah so I should say if uh, all six of them numbers do come up that means the tables are turned and you get to ask me any question in the whole wide world I'll give you a totally honest answer it's never happened before never happened before it's gonna happen today Ooh, I can feel shit. it. These are lucky numbers. Okay, the mantle is down. <laughs> Let's see—is he full of shit or not? Here we go. All right. Where'd let it? Where'd let it? Where'd let it? Thirty-four. Ooh. So close. <laughs> no, it wasn't. 
<laughs> I think it was nearest you had 23? 36. Oh, yeah, 36? Okay, yeah, a little bit close. All right, number 34. Uh, question is, do you cry often? Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm quite an emotional person. Mm. Um, when's the last time I cried? Uh, I'm not afraid of crying anyway. I, like, mm. I cry. <laughs> my, my girl, my, <laughs> my ex-girlfriend used to make me read uh, excerpts from a book that she had read and would have gotten upset about and she'd be like read this to make me cry <laughs> just so she could laugh at me like. uh, so because I'd be like oh Jesus Christ this what was the book? <coughs> do you remember? Um, the book thief and is it really sad? it's a beautiful beautiful book okay it's, it's unbelievable it's written by the perspective of death who's a character and the way he sees things is through colours mm. so he'd be, he'd be like y- you know he narrates the book and he's like I remember that day and it's based around the First World War mm. and the three particular characters. And he's like, I remember that day. It was very purple. This is what happened. Whoa. And the end of the book is just heartbreaking. It's it's brilliant. Anyone who's never read the book. Oh, I'm it. on board. Yeah, yeah. D- d- it's just a great book. Um, do I cry often? I, yeah, I'm trying to think. <laughs> if I'm hung out, like I cried at Hercules the other day. Yeah. Right. Great, great film. Great yeah. Disney film. But uh, I had just come back from a four day festival with my girlfriend, Aideen. And we had been drinking for four days and I was drinking whiskey. Mm. So she just said, can we watch a film? I said, absolutely. Let's curl up, make you some food. We're just going to watch a Disney film, unwind. And I found myself well enough during Hercules and stuff. And what, it, like, do you, because for me, I have, like, trigger things, right? So, like, the things that make me cry, in, in a film in particular, or, like, like actually in life, not even in a film, but, like, one and the same. So, like, if someone achieving their dream makes me cry. That's your thing, is it? One of them. Right. I definitely have, like, I definitely have, like, father-son stuff so do I yeah that, let me go that's one of my things yeah or brothers brothers I, I've got three brothers like so there's always the four of us growing up if I see anything in a film about brothers fighting or, or like the film Warrior mm. I don't know if you've seen it it's a, it's a UFC film about yeah. Tom Hardy's in it and uh, he plays a character called Tommy and Tommy and his brother are estranged and they end up fighting against each other in this year and I'm a mess like halfway through the film like the two of them are out training and I'm like, I can see where this is going. And I'm an absolute mess because the prospect of fighting with my brother at that level would break my heart. So anything with like that father, son stuff, brother stuff, even best friends, if they're two lads, mm. that I, I'm a, I melt. And what is it about that? Because I don't, I don't like, I've obviously now down your brother. Yeah. Um, but I, I, but I, I again, so I don't really know, but I have the sense that you've got quite like a close family and that like, we're very close, yeah. Now, having said that, if Don, like, Don turned around and I was crying watching the film, he'd be like, you're a sap. Yeah. And I'd be like, shut your mouth. Yeah. I'll actually bash you. Yeah. But, do you know, like, so we have that kind of... I don't know what Don... Myself and Don actually caught each other crying once where we were watching The Snowman on Christmas Day. And it was The Snowman 2, The Snow Dog. It's even worse than The Snowman. Really? Because <laughs> there's a snow dog and then at the end, the snow dog's not there. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. And sometimes, right, especially when I'm drunk, I look at the... Do- I, I talk about drinking an awful lot. I'm not a drunk rat. But if I come home from a night out and my dog is there, mm. right, my dog is my best friend. Mm. He's just the best. He's got me through some really hard times. He's just... I love this creature so much, right? And I will think, I'll be like, you know he's not going to be around forever. And I'll be like, oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Come here. <laughs> like, I j- it just makes me upset. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so great. I love it so much. So what is it then about the thing of, like, of, like, men... Like, of, like, that, of that, like brotherly familial like love or conflict whatever it is that makes you go I, I don't know yeah I d- like Rolf Harris had a song you know two little boys had to it's a cheesy old song that mm. everybody knows I can't listen to it because at the end the older brother 
rescues his younger brother and is like, did you, I'm actually getting emotional just thinking about it. He's mm. like, did you think I'd leave you dying when there's room on the horse for two? And they just think about when they're little boys. And it's just, it kills me. Mm. And anyone who's ever heard me talking about it or seen me when this song is on is like, you're <laughs> crazy, man. What are you getting upset about? I'm like, oh, Jesus. They're brothers, man. Yeah. <laughs> they're brothers. It's I don't know what it is. I don't know. Yeah. Are you, you're the middle brother, are you? I'm the second oldest, yeah. Second yeah, oldest. Of four. Yeah. So Neil is the oldest brother, then myself, then Amy, then Don's youngest. Yeah. Yeah. I won- yeah. I w- like I wonder, is it that you can just like relate on that level, like that you just because me and my brothers have a I have mm-hmm. a different like like we're close and the older we get, the closer we get. But yeah. but like and I, I but if I was and like so like say today is the closest I've ever been to my brothers, I would say. But at the same time, as in yeah, like the, o- in the older I get, yeah, yeah. So at the same time, I don't think it would be entirely honest for me to go like well my brothers are my best friends like that i would just be yeah. dishonest which isn't to say i don't love them or anything like that but and like the same like the same with my da- like i love my dad but at the same time i can absolutely like acknowledge there's like it's not even a, a gap in our relationship it's just the way that like i was brought up around like the men in my life and my, f- my greater family like there's yeah. just there's like a there's like um there's like an in- like a little invisible wall i couldn't even necessarily tell you what it is but there's like there's just this like layer of intimacy missing that i would describe that i would have with like a best friend yeah yeah and there is it that is a different dynamic i think like mm. I, I have best friends where like because I, I go one end of the week without seeing any of my brothers you mm-hmm. know what i mean um but yeah it's a different dynamic which are which are like it's funny because we're, we've all kind of moved out now and we're all kind of doing <laughs> i'm the last one to move out funny enough but yeah um because i only see my brothers rarely when we do see each other you realise how much you miss them and you have the crack then, do you know what mm. I mean? Um, but my dad is like one of the brothers as well. He's Because he, he, his thing was always, um, my mum, God bless her, she's puts up with so much. <laughs> There's five lads in the house, oh my man. Um, but sh- he never had brothers growing up mm. and always wanted a lot of kids as an adult because he missed out on that fun, he feels. So he would, like, I'd literally sit down and have a beer and watch Bob's Burgers with my dad and the two of us would be cracking up laughing. Like, we had, like, all of us do. We have a great relationship. And we're all very different lads as well. Like, we're mm. very different. But, um, and, like, so, like, if you, if you were, you talk about, like, your dog, right, getting you through, like, hard times. If yeah. you're going through, like, aforementioned hard times, would you go to your dad and literally, like, lay it all on the table and be like, this is what's going on? Absolutely. And would you go to your brothers and do the same? I would, yeah, yeah. Now, in f- like, with my brothers, I, I kind of, I'd be, I'd be quicker to sit me dad down and say, George, it's funny we all call it. We we call our parents by their first names yeah. and always have done yeah. for absolutely no reason. And my friend up the road did the same. He used to call his his parents John and Anne, and I'd be like, "That's real weird." He was like, "You do the same thing." I was like, "Oh yeah," <laughs> like you just he wouldn't think. But I I literally I'd be like, "George, can I borrow your ears for a few minutes? I'm, I just want to run something by you." And whatever it is, he'll always give his two cents, and he'd be like, "I think this is what you need to do, or this is what's up," and yada yada. Like he's he's just he's one of the lads like yeah yeah and my mum as well in fairness to her she'd sit down and have a chat with is it all boys and your mum all boys and my mum yeah yes yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> did 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 she, did she ever talk about like whether she wanted a daughter or something like that absolutely if she was mad at us she was just like why <laughs> in the name of christ couldn't i have had girls yeah do you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. we'd be tearing lumps out of each other <laughs> we used to write this is how wild we were kids if i was mad at my brother amy i'd write him a hate note Right, dear Amy, you are a fat pig <laughs> from John. Right? But I'd write it on the wall. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So my mum my would be walking by seeing this dear Amy. Yeah. Being like, what 
the, like, why can't we have nice things in this house? Yeah. Like, or I've never saw my mum wearing makeup ever, right? Mm. And she's a good looking woman, but she bought lipstick for a wedding, right? And I was like, what the hell is this? And started messing with it. Smushed the lipstick into the ground. And she's like, there's 65 quid down the ground. Oh. Thanks a lot, kid. Like, she was just like, I, I can't have nice things yeah. because my house smells so bad. <laughs> and my kids are demented. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. It's, it's, that was my house. So my brother, my... my How many siblings do you have? Two younger brothers. Okay. Yeah. So there's three boys as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah, ex- exact same. And um, but my brother was like, was, was the smartest. So like my middle brother, so rich. And he, he so he would get, he would get the marker. And he would write on the wall he would like write Richard is a fat pig about himself framing me genius like really good move yeah, yeah. like and and you're at that age it took me so long to wrap my head around what had happened like, did, did I write that like yeah. um, he's like John was that you no well it's not spelled wrong so it wasn't aiming so it was you yeah, so yeah, I'm like yeah. oh, cocked by my own yeah. right let's give it a spin <laughs> okay next up it is number 45 Janet so close again 47 no worries okay this is an interesting question for right now in your life with the benefit of hindsight was there a catalyst moment that made you pursue blank so that is like insert career right so it's interesting because we were just talking today about like you're kind of taking like a step literally today like like a life step of like uh and i I don't even know how you would describe like i kind of feel the same sometimes like about how you would describe the career you're like going down but like that general yeah like the entertainment industry yeah yeah like so and i mean it's funny like the question is like with the benefit of hindsight but like you're right in the middle of it so like was there a catalyst moment that like happened over the last like while that made you be like no fuck i'm gonna go for this it's yeah i think there was for for those listeners uh, myself and Tom were just talking before we started and I actually handed in my notice from teaching I've been on a career break the last five years and uh, I was meant to be going back to school in September because my career break is over five years is up so I was either going to have to go back to teaching and just that was my thing or uh, resign the job which is what I decided to do so we had a, a send off today in school and all the kids were on their summer holidays and I did a bit of a disco for them in the hall and uh, <laughs> Yeah, DJ Mr. Sharpie. <laughs> and, um, so yeah, I, I I've decided to keep climbing down the rabbit hole and see where it leads me. Mm. Which is it's kind of scary because you lose the stability of, you know, a permanent job, pensionable job. Uh, if I ever want a mortgage, they're not going to give it to me now mm. because essentially at the minute I'm in between work. Mm. But that's that's the name of the game, like right. And you know? what like w- when you look at it what was the thing when you were like when because i assume you, like see so okay you made the decision like today but like you didn't make the decision today no, yeah. Wh- when was the decision made so about six years ago and it actually ties in with that you know the dog get me out of a, you know pulling me out of a bad mood mm. i was happily teaching for a while and in the back of my mind from a very young age i was like i would love to present the den mm. to present den tv or to to be a kids tv presenter because i'd come home from school watch ray darcy and just chuckle my arse off. And me and the, the three boys, like we just, that's what we do. Then we go out and play and, and have the crack. But I always thought that was a great job. Like there's a man who goes to work every day, laughs for three hours or five hours or whatever it mm. is and goes home and does it all again. From there. So in the back of my mind, but then it was like, okay, I, if I, d- I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I'm very good with kids. Mm. Right? Kids respond very well to me. I have a good energy about me and I've d- I did summer camp. So I was like, I could do this. So, I went for teaching because it was, you know, and obviously if you tell your parents, I want to be a kids TV presenter, 
or I want to teach, they'd be like, teaching's great, why don't you go to, so I went to college for four years, became a teacher, and then and got a job, so I was teaching away, and it was great, and I made some great friends, and I loved it, and it was tough, and it was tiring, because if you're not teaching 100%, mm. you're not doing it right, so you have to be on all the time, and it's quite like the entertainment industry, mm. except you have to worry about 30 kids, their emotional feelings, their grades, what's going on at home, how are they fitting in with the class, it's a lot. So you're, you're kind of a parent for 30 kids, Monday to Friday, nine to half two. That's the minimum. And then after school on a Monday, you've got hurling training with them. After school on a Tuesday, you've got a match. Wednesday's guitar. Mm. Thursday's a planning meeting. Friday, you're catching up on all your corrections. So you're not really getting out. It is essentially a nine to five job if you're doing it properly, I think. Mm -hmm. And you have to have a vocation for teaching or you do it for a short time until you get too tired and then you move on to something else or you take a break and you come back whatever it is like but uh i found myself i was looking at all these kids over the, the, the years when i was teaching and they're amazing athletes or amazing singers break dancers they were just phenomenal they were just brilliant kids and i kind of felt like i was kind of a stepping stone by helping them grow and then go on to secondary school to pursue what they actually wanted to do their passions like mm. and i found myself getting a little bit jealous because i was like I'm going to be here for life and I'm just a stepping stone for these kids. And don't get me wrong, I'm so proud of each and every one of them. But I was like, I don't think that this is what I was put on this earth to do. Mm. So I kind of buried that down for a little while, developed a dose of panic attack, which I would not recommend to anyone. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. It just turns your whole world upside down, right? So went through anxiety, panic attacks, and ultimately depression because when that's happening and you don't understand it and you can't, you don't have the emotional intelligence at that stage to deal with it, mm. it can get you very down. So that happened while I was in school and there was just one day where this kid uh, came up to me crying because her brother was going through a really hard time, took pictures of her, put them on social media and said, look at my sister, what an ugly little bitch, look at the state of her, yada, yada, yada. And this kid's 10, right? Mm. And she doesn't know why her brother's doing this and she was broken hearted. And I was in the throngs of anxiety at the time and I was looking at this kid and there's tears streaming down her face. And I couldn't, I, I was like, I actually can't help this child right now because my head is all over the place. And that's when I was like, no, nah, there's something wrong here. I need to sort this shit out because my head's all over the place and I'm not doing a service to these kids who actually need me. Mm -hmm. So I uh, was going to therapy and stuff like that and it was working. And I just said, I'm going to take a career break. <laughs> what age are you, like 25? This was, yeah, from, from about 25 to... How old am I now? I'm 31 now. So yeah, I took my career break when I was 26. So this this was all happening when I was 25. That mm. was the last year that I did it. Mm. Also, it was very stressful because I we had this whole school evaluation around the same time and everybody was in the height of it. It was just a highly stressful environment to be in. Mm. Uh, I took on way more than I could chew. With everything that was happening in school, I was hurling for the first team in my GAA club and we were training before work at six in the morning. I was knackered. I was just spent. Like, I was just burned out. So... um. Yeah, so I took a career break, applied for the career break, they said, yeah, went to therapy and just kind of stopped everything. Now, when I say I peeled it back, like I peeled work back, sports, uh, my relationship, everything, and just started again, which wasn't my plan. I wasn't saying this is what I'm going to do, but it just worked out like that. Mm. And I was like, okay, I've always had a passion for getting into acting or, or TV. Let's give that a bash. And that, that was it. That was kind of the turning point in teaching mm. where I was like, I just want to try something else. And when you did that originally, what like, was it a thing of, did you 
anticipate that you would be going back after the five years. Absolutely, or yeah. You did? Yeah. Yeah. Because I was thinking... I was like, like, like it was something you need to get out of your system and then... Yeah, and I, I was kind of... Everybody was like, why are you taking a career break? Like, I thought you loved teaching. I was like, I do, don't get me wrong. I loved teaching. But I was just like, in like you said, in hindsight, I didn't want to be 50 years of age thinking, geez, I wonder if I ever went for television, what would happen? Mm. So ultimately, I was just like, let's give this a bash. If it doesn't work out, I'll happily teach for the rest of my life as long as my mental health is okay. Yeah. But I was like, I- I'll happily go back and do that because I know, I'll be like, okay, I gave that a bash, it didn't work out, but at least I know now and I can be at peace with that. Or it's working as, that's the life that, that hopefully I'll be able to say, that's the life I chose. Yeah. You know? Like ultimately I could end up teaching. Sure, yeah. Ju- I just don't know. But like, isn't it amazing that y- your body, like you talk about the panic attacks and not recommending that, but like that your body literally is screaming at you being like, this is not right. And that's literally what it is. But I just didn't know what it was. I thought it was going crazy. Yeah. And it was kind of, it's great because people, it's it's everywhere now, right? For better or worse, it's everywhere. So y- it's kind of, you talk, if there's something wrong, get it sorted, talk to your friend, go to the doctor, go to a therapist, whatever it was. Mm. I lost a pile away as well. I was looking gone in the face. And my doctor was just like, this is taking way too long like you know um but you ultimately you don't understand what's happening and it's only when you go to therapy read the books do everything that you're like okay i'm starting to understand this now there are triggers i haven't been honest with myself because i'm in a job where i've been pushing it down saying there's something in here that's that's saying maybe this isn't for you and you're like no 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 no, that's fine Mm. and you just but all like it's going to come out your body is going to tell you no, there's something wrong and you need to address it. Like, mm. And like th- th- that original thing of like going to therapy and being like, I, kn- I know myself, this isn't right. Like, was that difficult for you to do or did that feel quite natural? Yeah, I, I would never have, have struggled speaking my mind. Mm. The only thing is that when you're having a panic attack and you don't know what it is, you feel like you're going crazy. Mm. So you might have that fear of, if I tell someone I'm going to end up in a padded cell going la 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 for the rest of my life, mm. which is, like if you're afraid of going crazy you're obviously the same person <laughs> yeah. that, that, like bottom line that's that's what it is so no i wasn't really um i wasn't really afraid of saying i sat my mom down and it's just like there's something happened to me happening to me i feel like i'm having a heart attack and i'm terrified for no reason and she's like that sounds like a panic attack mm. and she was like to be honest you've been running around like a bleeding maniac for the last few years i'm surprised this hasn't happened sooner let's make an appointment with the doctor and my mom was great about it like and do you think like that um, this is a it's a self-expression because I think about it myself like I, I definitely have that in me that I'll be running around and then yeah. sometimes I go like w- like what what are you not not what are you running from but what are you running for yeah like like what it, like what what because I even think this with like like what are you what am I afraid is gonna happen when I stop, stop and sit yeah. still like do, is that something you think about or can relate to I to be honest having worked with it in a secure job and having worked in this industry I think a lot of that is if I stop they'll forget me mm. and I won't get jobs and then I'm screwed. Mm. I think there's a lot of it stems from that. But I yeah, like there was once I, w- I was cleaning out my granny's house at the minute because I, j- I moved in there. She was in a nursing home mm. before she passed away. God rest her. But we were in an, uh, in her house and I was getting rid of her furniture and I was flogging it on done deal. And there was a footstool, right? A broken footstool that I threw for five euro, right? And this woman got on to me. She was like, I can't collect it. Can you drop it out to me? I said, where do you live? She was like, out, f- like, in Sealy, right? Which is like a 50-minute trip out and back for a five-euro. I was like, yeah, I have to do this. I have to do And my girlfriend was like, what are you doing? Just say no. It's a fiver. She was like, no, no, they're after saying like, and, and off I went to Concealy, freaking out the whole way out and the whole way back because I was so on edge. I was like, what? Like, what am I at here? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. 
for a fiver. Yeah, I know. I spent 12 quid in petrol. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, totally. So I don't know, there's that fear that you stop because be, I think if you're self-employed or if you're freelance, you're afraid people will forget you. Mm. Which isn't the case, I don't know. How do you find living in your granny's house? I'm not there anymore. You're not there anymore? No, no. It, it was it was different because uh, <laughs> my best friend, Dara, he's, a, he's just a bleeding lunatic. <laughs> so he moved in with me. Uh, my friend Lorcan moved in with me up the road. And they're very different personalities. Uh, Lorcan would get up at six in the morning, do some yoga. Dara would be coming in from the night before because right. he works in the bar like out of his brain drunk do you know what I mean so there, there was that kind of weirdness and also the house just became a state there was just bottles everywhere. it was like a student <laughs> house like. Yeah, yeah. and uh, that was the house that we'd always spend Christmas and my mum well my granny was very house proud and kept the house very clean mm. and I'm looking around <laughs> and there's like absent bottles over here and like fag butts over here it was just like God rest her she'd be like she'd be turning in her grave if she's over we did today but it was great crack but also not great for the elemental yeah, health either. Yeah, like sure, sure, sure. It was like everything I tried to do to make it better just made it fucking ten times worse. Like. And so then, in terms of like, obviously going down this route now of of like just the general entertainment industry, whatever that looks like. Yeah. What like what, what are what are your fears about that now? That like for the first time you you proper got no comfort blanket. Like what are, like when you think about it. Like I guess like the two sides of it, like what what because the exciting bit I suppose is is obvious. It's all that potential of and like every day's different. Yeah, every day's different. Yeah. Like you're never gonna feel like you're going to work work because it's like you love it. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. What what are the f- like? So they're like th- th- there's fairly obvious positives in terms of, like the fears and like the anxieties about it. What what do they look like? There's I I don't have any really. No, I'm not I'm not nervous or worried at all because I still have a teaching degree in my back pocket mm. and I still have a school who are very accommodating and very welcoming. So. Like literally, I walked out the door today, and they were like, "Listen, uh, we've we need cover in September for two weeks. Are you around?" And I said, "Absolutely, as long as I don't have another gig, mm-hmm. I can do that." So that th- it's still kind of a safety net in the sense mm. that I can just go into a school, do a day's work till half two. Like even though, like today, I was in school. Then I was in leather jacket by doing YouTube videos with him eating octopuses and drinking, and now I'm here. Do you know what I mean? So it's it's just still half two. So you still got, I've still essentially done a day's work yeah. today. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. And at the minute, I'm very lucky because primary schools are actually crying out for subs at the minute. Mm. So I could ring a school. And there's been times when I've gone in and done a day subbing and the principal realises you're not a complete dear brain and goes, there's a maternity here for the next nine months or you're around. And I'm like, I appreciate that, but I'm actually on a career break and I'm doing other things as well. Mm. So there's there's loads of work. And in terms of then like sitting down at your mum and dad and being like, whenever that happened over the last few months when you were like, okay, decision made and just want to keep them in the loop. Like, yeah, yeah. obviously like you're a like, proper, proper like adult now and they're not going to be able to like stop you or have yeah, any interest in show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, but what, what's their attitude to it? Because it must be, like it must be just that thing when you're a parent and then people are like, so what's John up to? Yeah. Like what's Donald up to? And they're like, oh, well, yeah, sure, John, he's been teaching away, he's happy out. Yeah. And then like all of a sudden that goes like uh, what's their reaction to it been they just they're just like look if that's what you want to do go for it mm. they no they're, they're, they're cool they're just like look you've done teaching uh, I saw how unhappy you got not as, as a result of teaching but no. they were just basically like look I, I haven't seen you this happen in years so just keep doing what you're doing yeah, man. and it's not as if I'm going broke either you know what I mean it's like it, they now the only thing they're just kind of like what about a mortgage down the line mm. and I haven't figured that one out mm. but I'm hopefully going to win at that somewhere yeah that's the plan <laughs> that's a good plan man yeah. do, do you think about that though like about like 
do you think about mortgages and families and, and kids and support and that, and that kind of thing like that did that cross your mind in the run-up to it all at the time it did yeah like a couple of years ago i was i was all on for that kind of but i'm not even sure if i was ready for it but myself and aideen are going out a year now mm. right aideen is way younger than me well when i say way younger than me, she's eight years younger than me mm. so she's kind of on the same page and i know it's terrible but we don't have the same biological clock or we like lads we don't have the same rush no that ki- that girls are under mm. so she's in no hurry therefore i'm in no hurry mm. and everything's fine yeah at the minute yeah, yeah and yeah. if it's not fine down the line i'll deal with that down the line yeah totally yeah, yeah yeah so it's not it like th- i would like my own place mm. i just love it i just to say I earned so much money to get this and this is my trophy. Yeah. Do you know? But you know what's so nice? Like what I what I love about whenever I like and I'm not very I'm not a super materialistic person, but e- even even being like say you're talking about like I'm just back from like a trip to Vietnam, right? And like you know, a once in a lifetime trip. What's amazing, like what I like what I love, like you're away travelling and like people are like talking about their jobs and like so many people that you meet away and they're like they, they don't like their job but they make good money and then they they go away for like three months and they yeah. recharge and they go back to their job they don't like it's like I, first of all i was so ready to come back and i was like i like doing a podcast say yeah bingo yeah. Yeah. show tonight then back in the coppers the music rehearsals on monday like that's it yeah. this, this congratulations uh, by the way that's huge thanks so much Unbelievable. yeah i'm like i was i was buzzing for it all and then but then uh, on the other end of that and then you look back at that trip and you're like the amazing thing is like that like like jokes paid for this trip you yeah, know what I mean yeah. or, or, or like writing paid for this trip or acting paid for yeah, this trip like yeah. things I love you know what I mean and like none of it really felt like work like, nah. which is like and like that is so like and not to go down the hole like I'm so grateful Ruth but like that is such a privileged place to be it really is you yeah know? and if like if you can get to that level it's great I can only imagine like yeah, well, I, I mean I have no doubt that you're if you're not there already you'll be there within weeks do you know what I mean well thank you very yeah, much it's, uh, like I, I had a moment like that where I, I uh, won a car essentially right and to get into this competition you had to do impressions on the radio right mm. so essentially I won a car now a lot of it was down to luck as well in the end because you answered the question if you got it right you picked the key and whoever had the right key to open the car so even if you had one this person could have had seven right answers you might only have one but you've still got a chance sure so uh, I won this car and I was like I've won a car by doing Shrek impressions. <laughs> yeah. And when you think of it like they're like, Jesus, this is deadly. Like Yeah. Um yeah. I, I like some people are able to do that. Like you said, the people you meet in Vietnam who work, save up their money and buzz off for three months mm. and then they go back to the and if you can do that, fine. Great. Go for it. And if that's what makes you happy, that's what makes you happy. Yeah. Obviously I couldn't do it because my body was saying, No, get it, d- do something here. Move, change, whatever. I'm quite flighty as well by nature. I think. Mm. Well, yeah, I think then this kind of game will suit you because, yeah, like, it's yeah. n- it's gonna <laughs> however flighty you are, it's gonna match your flightiness. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. 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 So it's good, man. <laughs> right. Let's give it a spin. All right. Next up, it's number twenty-three. I won. <laughs> you won. Won. All right. Nice one. Number twenty-three. Uh, where are we at? There we go. Uh, number twenty-three. Uh, when was the last time you said a prayer? Said a prayer. That's a good question. I would. Pray. I actually prayed to Saint Anthony the other day, right? Because I'm missing a pair of headphones, and I've been missing them for a while, and I'm at a loss without them because I throw them on and cycle, or throw them on and go uh, walk the dog mm. on the bus, whatever. And I actually splashed out on these headphones, left them in the house somewhere, and our house is a black hole. You can just put something down, you'll turn around, and it's gone, mm. and your brother will be wearing it four weeks later. And you're <laughs> like, where the? Where did you get that? Um, I, yeah, I, I used to pray every night. And I, sp- I still will pray now. Yeah. So um, last time I prayed, I think, was yesterday for those headphones. 
two nights ago as well. Um, I can't remember what it was, but I just had a little mindful moment when I was just like, whatever it is out there, and I would just call it God. I'd be like, please God, just help me get through this di- a hectic day or whatever it was. Like, mm. just like, just do me a favor, just give me a bit of a dig out here because I'm feeling feeling the pressure. Thanks very much, and then I bless myself. When an ambulance drives by, I bless myself every time just mm. because it's routine and it's it's positive talk. And I'm just like, look, wherever you're going, I hope it works out for you. Do you know that sort of way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, I, t- I pray. I'd be quite spiritual. And when you're teaching then and stuff, like, are you were you in a school that where you were saying, like, morning prayers and all that sort of stuff? I was in this class school, right, because it's a Catholic school, but it's uh, the, the motto of the school is many cultures, one community. Mm. So we are a Catholic ethos school, but... Like you could have kids from Islamic backgrounds or, or Buddhist backgrounds who all share the same class. Mm. So when we do religion, they would have a project to do where they do other work. But it's it's deadly because first of all, you have kids from all religious backgrounds playing together, and they don't see colors, they don't see religion, they just are mates, mm. which is brilliant to see. The second thing is, if I'm t- teaching a lesson about Judaism, we could have a Jewish kid in the class. And he could stand up and say, oh, yeah, that's actually true. We did that last week. We did uh, whatever it is. Mm. Or um, I could be talking about Jesus going into the desert for Lent. And uh, an Islamic kid would stand up and say, oh, we be- we believe that in our religion as well. Mm. We just don't believe that Jesus was the son of God. We believe that he was a prophet. And people kind of realize that all religions are quite similar. Mm. And if you can get that into kids' heads from a young age, they're not going to be you know xenophobic they're not going to be racist they're not going to be they just they'll get along and they just say yeah well actually muslims believe that and it's not too different from what we believe and uh you know protestants believe this and it's so th- th- it just it really works it was deadly so yeah we would we would have morning prayers as well and when we'd be doing our catholic morning prayers the kids who weren't catholic would be having mindful moments or saying prayers whatever way they you know what i mean mm. so th- the w- like there wasn't really a big deal made out of it and, th- you know, because that's really interesting what you were saying about the idea of, like, being good with kids and even in terms of, like, wanting to present the den from, like, a young age. And now that you are making that step into being, like, well, no, this is, like, this is going to be my career now. It, like, in your heart of hearts or in your, like, in your dream scenario, does it feel very much like like kids' entertainment is the way to go? Or now does it feel a little bit more open in the sense of just general entertainment? doesn't matter if it's for kids or adults or whatever. Uh, I, I don't know. Is yeah, and I probably should think about it, to be honest, but it's a good question because I, uh, like, I've only done kids' entertainment mm. in, in this industry, let's say. So be it panto, which is childish acting, it's mm-hmm. full crack, it's, it's very uh, expressive facial expressions and all, or doing things for Rocky Jr. and shows. It's all the si- same kind of vibe, like, and... Myself and Clara, one of the other presenters, have just started a business together where we do kids' entertainment shows or corporate gigs. Mm. So I've never really looked into into kind of, <laughs> not say adult stuff. Yeah, the adult entertainment the adult Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. I haven't looked into the adult. <laughs> uh, love to try well, to Your internet them, history says <laughs> otherwise, John. <laughs> <laughs> says you look quiet a bit. <laughs> yeah, you haven't that chance, says otherwise. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't know. Like, I suppose I will keep an open mind because I'm very much of the... the opinion that beggars can't be choosers either like mm. if you're not working and someone offers you a job where you're playing the role of a murder in a, a, a soap or something i'm not going to be like well actually i'm a kid's entertainer so i'm not going to sure i'd be like yeah. absolutely let's do it yeah. five or a week i'll do it do you know what <laughs> i mean yeah, like yeah, you yeah. just maybe down the line I, I might change my tune a little bit but at the minute i'm just like 
yeah if i if i can if i can do it i'll give it a bash mm, totally yeah yeah it's really interesting like that like thing of because have you got a niche acting style that you like to do um i i, I, I yeah it's a good question uh yeah definitely like i think so it, it's funny but it's funny then how like what i feel like my style would be versus like how i how maybe th- i feel the industry perceives me which is all probably nonsense like but it's interesting like the jobs that i will notice that i will will get like i work a lot in comedy like in yeah. and normally like in uh, like in like more adult adult like m- sure like irreverent sort of like dark gotcha. humour um, but I also think that like I play like comedically heartbroken very well like I th- like I would love to work in like more like romantic comedies and stuff like that like right. I love that world of stuff um, and then yeah like for example I don't think I've got a particularly like um, like I think I look quite modern My like if that makes sense so, like yeah. I have a lot of friends who would like look like they belong in the fucking famine which is brilliant yeah, like yeah. The, or they look like they belong in Game of Thrones or Vikings or something like that whereas I think I look like I belong uh, like uh, in a I understand do, do you know what I mean like yeah, in a yeah. in a, like a Hollywood like boy next door kind of thing Absolutely, yeah, but yeah. that level of like self-awareness can sound a little bit narcissistic it's also very important but it's also but you need to have that self-awareness of yourself I think so like you're a good looking lad you know tall blonde blue eyes great t- you know, I nearly said great tits there, but I meant great. Yeah, well I got them <laughs> too. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, you wouldn't be cast as uh, a muck savage Viking. No, no. Because you don't have the beard and the long hair. So, right. I, but you, it's important for you to have that knowledge of yeah, yourself. Yeah. So, know? more for me now, where I'm at, like, and this was the useful thing about going away and, and, and thinking about, like, what I want to do going forward. And even, even just thinking about things like, for example, like the podcast is nearly 150 episodes old, oh right? Yeah. So, it's, but it's like the question of, like, okay and so and like how is the podcast serving you and and your life and what you want to do going forward and even questions like that but one of the things i'm really looking at now is like if i look at the commonality of what like first of all i enjoy second of all what i'm good at third of all what seems to connect with other people like um more and more i'm I'm what i absolutely consider myself an actor i always will at the same time i also think that like I'm a writer as well. I, I like I, I, I feel I, I even though I don't work as a comedian, say in the same way like s- like some of the boys would like Davy or sure. Laura or, or Ryan or or, or Blind and these people yeah. or George or, or George. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but but like I very much feel like that's maybe something I should be doing more now. I think I need to like focus on that. But say like an issue I would have with that is say I could be doing stand up for a few months and then I get a gig like Copper's the Musical. Yeah. I'm gone for two months and then it's like people kind of like, well, yeah, we don't have any slots for you right now. And then yeah, something yeah, comes yeah. up. Yeah. So I'm trying to find a way of like balancing that because I'm real interested in, again, not to sound like narcissistic, but I'm interested in like in in what I love playing other characters. I'm also quite interested in like me and my sure. life. And I think I've got an interest in experiences that like are we're excavating and I really like that about like stand-up comedy as well so it's all this sort of thing so the other thing as well is Ireland is a small place mm. so if you want to be an actor great go and be an actor but you might not be working full-time so you do kind of have to dip into other things like you're just oh like man. oh I'm a TV presenter and I'm an actor and I can do stand-up I do bleeding fire breathing is there a circuit you know what I mean totally. like you, you kind of have to dip your finger into a few pies just to make ends meet like if I'm being that. honest with myself like it like I work as an actor, sure, and I'd probably make the most of my income through that. I, d- I definitely do. I also work as a voiceover artist, as a singer, as a musician, as a podcaster, as a writer, as a comedian, this is it. as a host, 
and uh, again that that I that, like that could sound like arrogant or something but no, this no, is no. literally just like what you it's you need factual. to do to yeah, yeah, yeah. to make it all work you know Absolutely, what i mean and yeah, also yeah. like and i love all those things and if you if you said you, you like you have to pick one i'd be a bit disappointed yeah. i could definitely do it like i could definitely pick two or three and then sometimes you wonder that as well you're like am i serving myself by by does the diversity of my work like um like that kind of thing of you know uh a jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah, and like, uh, if you, you know, I've, I've, I've definitely asked myself that question. Like, does that apply to you? Because I definitely have some actor friends who are very much just actors, right? And that not just actors, but they only act. Okay, and that's great because they're always around. They're around for more gigs. Like, they really focus on this thing. Um, and I guess you just have to, at a certain point, like, make a decision if that's what you want to do or not. And then also realize, like, it's as well as it being about a career and and trying to, you know work on the best shows and, and, and do all this but also it's about your life and absolutely yeah like good I, experience it, it, absolutely like the thing like I love the like I really like the way so much of my life looks and then the, the little bits that I'm uh, like want to tweak like yeah and it, like now feels like sort of time to start like tweaking them and making little adjustments and just like no more than what you had to do listening to yourself and do you find that that's because of an experience thing where you've just reached the pinnacle of okay I've done this now it's time to tweak these or is it an age thing? Um, I think it's definitely partly an age thing because for the first time, for the first time, I'm starting not to feel super young. Like up until now, I, I've always like in pretty much any, almost any job I do, I'll be the youngest person there. Yeah. yeah. And and now I'm starting to either either not be the youngest person there or just not feel young anymore. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like not feel super young. I'm still very young. <laughs> and, and also just being like looking at like what what seems to be like working and what what i enjoy working on and realizing that maybe it's not what i originally thought it might look like because originally like when you come from like an acting background like i did you look at places like did you always act no 17 was the first time i was on stage acting we did a musical in transition year wow. and i did it and i loved it and I yourself, really yeah. yeah yeah i just got an itch for it now. yeah and it's funny because like my decision was very like last minute in that sense of being like and because from 17 to 19 when I started college like it was literally those two years like a fifth and sixth year and I was like this is what I'll go and I'll, and I'll do it but in and then in those like following three years of getting into drama school and going in a very conventional route then you look and you kind of see yourself going out of drama school in a very conventional route in, in the sense of like you know these theatres like the Abbey and the Gate and like the Olympian and the Gate you know I work down and I'll maybe do like an ad and like two jobs in TV and like yeah. that'd be amazing and that still would be amazing but now honestly like I'm that life wouldn't excite me in the same way that my life would now. Yeah. There's a few things that I would like to do l- less of, which I'm going to really try and implement now going forward. And a few things I'd like to do more of. And I just need to make a few tweaks and adjustments and d- just give them more time. Gotcha. Um, but, but yeah, like it is, it's, it's real interesting because you could, you could, and, and then as you said, also there is a large element of like luck and to pretend that there's not is, it's, it's naive it's naive yeah, and it it's yeah. it's a bit arrogant actually and yeah. it's kind of irresponsible because there I- there's a huge element of luck in all the in all the good things that have happened in my career there's been luck and in all the bad things there's been luck Absolutely, a- and yeah. yeah so it's just to it's just to like embrace all that but like fundamentally th- what, what I love about it is that as you said in this career no one's holding the gun to your head if there's ever a point where you want to get out just get out exactly and, and yeah. like do do something else but like uh, yeah it, it's such a it's such a and like I said earlier, like to be able to like make your living from this sort of stuff is like a privilege, and it is. And at the same time, it's also fucking hard work. Absolutely. And yeah. like, and it's a lot of um, and like sometimes I'm sure you're gonna have this now more, but like, than than when you're like 
teaching full time but like there's you do find yourself like not being able to go on that holiday with the lads or like I know a lot of my active friends are maybe just a little bit ahead of me in life like in terms of like weddings and stuff like yeah, that yeah. and those sacrifices but I guess you're just constantly doing the the maths equation of like is it worth it is it worth it is it worth it and so far the answer is unequivocally yes absolutely and y- let me tell you when your friends start getting married and stuff in their early mid late 20s mm. if you just ride that wave for a little bit mm. if it it goes away because mm. you just you're invited to nine weddings one summer and then there's none after that so yeah, you yeah, just yeah. Got, you just i'm got dying for that i've been to no weddings what no oh my lord like yeah. weddings are deadly but they're so goddamn expensive yeah. it's incredible yeah yeah i'm on board for it right you stop interviewing me i'm gonna Sorry, get back to interviewing you <laughs> <laughs> no I, I truth be told i like being interviewed i like <laughs> when the guests ask questions i think it's good it makes it more of a chat rather than a absolutely like yeah. an interview with john sharpson like 60 minutes with john sharpson two present yeah present <laughs> yeah uh, one must die um okay number 39 uh, do you have it i do not uh, what is your biggest downfall when it comes to being healthy my biggest downfall when it comes to being healthy it's it's actually quite simple mm. I love takeaway mm-hmm. and it's terrible because I know there's all sorts of crap in it, which ultimately probably will give me cancer later in life. <laughs> but I, because I'm running around so much and I've always been very sporty and I love running. And if I do say my, so myself, I'm in decent nick. Yeah. Because of that, I'll, I'll go out and play a hurling match, come home and be like, takeaway, let's go. And I'll just demolish the quarter pounder with extra garlic chip fries. And you know, I'm te- like, <laughs> Aiden again we've, we've the last year that we've been going out she's like stop eating takeaway because you're making me eat takeaway yeah. and I don't do as much exercise as you and I can't eat too much takeaway <laughs> yeah, like you yeah. can because I just burn it off and it's terrible because so what level are you playing hurling at now I, w- I was playing senior one which would be the you know the next step up is, is Dublin mm. right so I was playing senior one hurling for years uh, when I took the career break I was missing training because I'd be doing gigs mm-hmm. late, uh, late in the evening so now ultimately at this age right i'm 31 i probably would have been kicked down to the second team anyway but i left mm. because i i just sat my manager down i was like look you're mad at me <coughs> you're mad at me i'm not making training which means i'm not getting game time let's just nip this in the bud i'll play for the second team where there's less pre- pressure mm-hmm. so i'm playing senior two hurling now which is like so it goes senior a senior b yeah and that's what i'm playing now so it's it's you know we train twice three times a week i can barely sit down on this super comfy chair um, because my legs are so sore from training yesterday yeah where we're just running around and hurling and all, and i love it so much it's just it's it's my church where i heal my hurts i just you can leave all your stresses on the sideline <coughs> excuse me i shouldn't have been drinking earlier <laughs> <laughs> you just leave all your stresses you go out batter your friend for an hour and there's nothing it's just a great way of releasing that that fight basically yeah. and because i we grew up fighting and wrestling in our house and it was just a great way of getting it out of your system. Like, not in a vicious way, but we'd just be constantly just fighting, baiting each other. And uh, I, I love it. I oh where love are you it. wing half forward? Or yeah, how do you know? I, thi- no, I think I've seen something on your Instagram or something. It was like number 10. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. No, because I'd be, I'd, be, like, I'd be more of a... I, I don't play GA at a level now at all. Yeah. But um, like would have grown up playing like until, you know, under 21s or whatever. And yeah. like that with just being in this career. Like, Who's your I'm from Mead. So I'd have played for Dunboyne, St. Peter's Dunboyne. Solid. Yeah, Rory yeah. Stoys plays for Dunboyne as well, isn't he? No, he's Ashburn. No, oh, that's right, yeah, yeah. Arsh enemies. Dunamore Ashburn. Dunamore Ashburn, that's yeah. That's right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Would, would you have played against him? I did, actually, yeah, as did kids. You? And he was always big Rory. Yeah. And we, d- he, I was just like, Jesus, he's a monster. Like, yeah, this is yeah. when we were nine. He's huge. Yeah, he is, yeah. Town fella. Yeah. Um, but that's good, yeah. So you played the hallway up as well. Yeah, I, I would love to. I'd love to still play on some level. Like, I'm fascinated by the GAA. And, yeah. like, I love the community of the GAA. And, like... I go to like, uh, 
like I was streaming the fucking Leinster final when I was over in Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. I, I was I made made this friends with this um Colombian girl and she had really good Wi-Fi in her hostel. I was like, here, and she had a laptop. I was like, oh, do you mind? Any if, chance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you mind if we just if I can just borrow your laptop and watch her? And she's like. Yeah, but like, can I stay out? I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I just want to watch this fucking match. No it's like a GA <laughs> go go and spend 10 euro on watching Need get absolutely hammered by Dublin. But anyway, um, it has to be done. But yeah, like, it, it's real, it's real fascinating like that. You're just genuinely playing for the love of the sport. Oh. And that's what it should be all about, I think. And like, if you try and explain it to someone, like, if you're traveling or something and it's all Ireland final day and they're like, wow, like, like, like Croke Park, like, like a, you know, it's a famous stadium in the sense of like Ireland, like in the rugby would have played there, whatever, 82,000 people yeah. packed out. And then you're like, yeah, those guys will be uh, back in work uh, by the end of this week. That's you know it, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow, like depending on their situation. Yeah. You're like, it's insane. And, uh, they like, don't get paid. Like, no, insane. No. It's, it's nuts. But that's, I think there's talk about like, you know, pumping more money in and even these Sky Sports deals with the GAA and mm. stuff. And I'm like, look, people have been playing it for hundreds of years just because they love it. Mm. It started off, like hurling started off as, okay, it was an ancient sport, but essentially it was fighting against the other village with sticks. They threw a ball in and put sidelines around it. And that's that's the only difference. So if you, like, I just, I'd hate to see a change, like the NFL, like soccer, where you can be bought and, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, okay, if Kilkenny have been a hurling phenomenon for the last 10 years, great. Well and good, it's not going to last forever because nothing lasts forever. Mm-hmm. They they can't just buy new players in and stay on that top. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Even du- Dublin's striving for a five in a row at the minute. This is like a GA podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dublin's striving for a five in a row, but it's not going to last forever. So, like you know, you have to tip the cap to them while it's happening now. Yeah, completely. No, completely agree. Right, let's give it a spin. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, next up, it's number fifty-three. Do you have it? Oh, I'm two away every time. <laughs> <laughs> number fifty-three. Um. Okay, what is the greatest piece of art you've ever witnessed? So, like, that can be... That's not, like, you know, Leonardo da Vinci. That's, uh, like, film, theatre. It can be a painting if you want. Music, comedy, concert, anything. What an awesome question. Jesus. Second time you've complimented my questions. Well, they're really good. Like, Almost 150 episodes, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, man, I, I, I don't know. Like, because there's so many things that have just blown me away just because of sheer talent. Mm. In, in the weirdest way possible like you know okay I've been to the Louvre and I've seen the Mona Lisa yeah. and I'm like yay <laughs> it's a painting <laughs> I've seen it I yeah. can google it do you know what I mean like it, it's not as incredible when you see it but when I see a person who let's say he's playing the drums on the side of the street with like dustbins and, and, and creating this unbelievable sound. one of the th- most amazing things I've ever seen I think and the only reason I'm saying this possibly is because I've watched it again in the last few weeks mm. there was a busker over in America and he's sitting down with his guitar and he's singing this song that he's kind of written himself and he's just like, and I can't do that. And then this black guy comes out of nowhere and he's just walked out of the store and he's just kind of stopped and he's kind of, now I don't know if it's staged or not, mm. but he just starts riffing and he's like doing harmonies for this guy with it. So he's singing one song, the guy's singing his original song and it just was beautiful. Then this third guy comes along and starts rapping in the middle of it and all these three things are hearing three different types of music for this guy and his guitar. And it just sounds incredible, like, and they're mm. just like music. I think is is incredible, like that. I'm trying to think what else though, because I'd be. It's one of those questions where I'd be sitting at home and I'd be like, "Should have said that. That was deadly." And so when you then this year went and did Panto for the first time, you mentioned it earlier. Yes. Because I remember, I don't know if you remember this. I remember being in the car with you coming back from I remember it well. IDT, and I remember you asking me about it, and I was like, I was like, yeah, like, because I, I didn't have like the proper. I was in the I was like, I was like. 
didn't have the proper like even I'm sure as you know from having done a pantos like someone asks you like I'd love to do that and you're like you don't even have like a great answer for them of how to do it necessarily yeah, like yeah. it's tricky so like um, but it was and y- you did the best you could and uh, you were just like I'd love to help you here John because I, I essentially asked Tom I was like how did you get into panto I would love to do that yeah and you were like I don't know because <laughs> essentially you had an agent who, who got yeah. you an audition and you were like getting an agent then is the next thing and I can only tell you that because that's how I did it so yeah. I you know I don't know and how was it for you was it via the RTE sort of like was that helpful it was it was helpful yeah yeah getting the job in, on the kids shows in RT Junior but that like I don't think they even knew me from that yeah it was like my friend Clara uh, teaches drama oh of course Clara so worked with them yeah yeah, 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 yeah. so her friend was like look my husband's cousin <laughs> is doing a panto in Limerick and they need uh, a princess can I put your name forward yeah so they got on to her she did it the first year I was like Clara you got to get me in here. Yeah. So Clara said to them, my friend John would love just for you to keep him in mind for anything. He just wants wants a shot. Yeah. And as it happened, they were doing uh, a panto in Limerick, Snow White, and it was, instead of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, it was Snow White and the Last the last Boy Band. Yeah. And I don't they think were you can say dwarves anymore. Is that a thing? Honestly, yeah. Oh, sorry. In no, no, not <laughs> you, but it's in pantos. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think they can say that anymore. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. You're not allowed to say Snow White anymore. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, because uh, Snow, because uh, White, Snow isn't White. It's grey, actually. So yeah, it's true. Grey. Or yeah. Anyway, if your so exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they just said, w- funny enough, we're looking for a third boy band member, mm. um, and they just rang me the second thing. I was like, can I sing? <laughs> no, but they didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I went and did it, and it was great. And subsequently, I was, I've got a role in this year's one as well. Brilliant. Which is deadly. So oh, yeah. brilliant! That's so great. I'm so happy, and uh, fair play to Clara for doing it. Yeah, it's amazing. And what was the, what was the buzz of that like? Well, like, cause I, like that's got to be the like foremost like live performance thing you've done, right? Yeah, yeah. I've I've done the GAA panto in my local GAA. Yeah. Which, which it's similar enough. Yeah. But I'm actually delighted you asked me this question because it was a, it was a moment where. The all year I've been humming and hawing about going back teaching mm. and I'd be like well I won't I it's a great job and I'd go into school and have a great day and come home and be like that's it I'm going back in September time is up let's do it it's great I'm fine and then the next day I'd be doing something I'd be like oh, I don't want to give this up mm. and there was a there was a moment it was opening night in the panto right after all the rehearsals and it was the first time that the crowd the proper crowd was in the proper lighting and all the rest and we were singing a song from The Greatest Showman because everybody was yeah, yeah, yeah. but it was um so tell me, do you wanna go? Yeah. It was the end of this is the greatest show, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a bit at the end where we go kick, kick, <laughs> and the sprinklers go off and the strobes go on and the whole thing freezes and there's confetti falling everywhere, and I end up down on one knee, like hold my fist, and it was like it was in slow motion, and I'm sure you can appreciate this, but the whole crowd just wow yeah. up on their feet, and that chair is coming at you, mm. and it was like happening in slow motion, and I just remember thinking I was like, I am never going back teaching because this is the best feeling yeah, yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. incredible now when you do it 48 more times you're like okay but it was just that that one moment I'd never had it before yeah and I was I was hooked man I was like I'm addicted to this this is incredible like yeah just but did you have a moment like that ever yeah I mean I definitely had it in Coppers the musical a, a lot because like I I love that and even like yeah I like it's one of them shows as well like where you know it's interesting. I, I I think because of what we were talking about earlier and like how many different um like fields I would like um straddle in that sense of like different genres of work and stuff. But like some of my probably like like I, I mean, you know it's actually probably a more internal thing. But you would have a I I would have had a degree of like self consciousness going into a job of coppers being like 
like what will other people think because it's it's not like I've also worked like I've also played like Romeo do you know what I mean yeah, for yeah, example yeah, yeah. and you're like and now you're going in to do it by the way I make no bones about it but like I like I love it and like that's why I'm going back to do it Would a second time but I've, I've had those thoughts yeah. and then I just be like well who the fuck cares you yeah. know what I mean yeah. so anyway and I had this moment of like in at the end of that and they're playing Maniac 2000 yeah. and it's the very end of the show and like like that like I've I've done a lot of like theater like and I've done like a good few pantos I've done um just that, like one man shows like ensemble plays like period comedies all these different things like I've never seen a reaction to any piece of theater like this yeah, like it's yeah. crazy <laughs> what happens and like and I just remember like er- every night like I never once got tired of like com- I, I'm I'm good like that I don't I don't get tired of shows generally yeah. and but like this one I was just like like this is so special yeah. like I'll never be in another show like this ultimate feel good vibes like ultimate feel good and that's that's been a big thing for me in my career is learning that and understanding that like I don't like what like again coming from like the background I did which is probably like a lot of like quite like experimental theatre and like stuff that frankly I didn't always understand and sometimes I go see work like that and it might me feel a bit lonely and a bit stupid being like I don't I don't, I don't, I don't know what this, this is about yeah. like I like I like a low barrier to entry for the work that I do and I mean that for writing comedy like that's why even things like bingo loco with like and that's not to say like cheap or stupid or easy it's just being like I want anyone to go and get yeah. it. You know what I mean? Like, I really do. Like, the biggest insult someone could, like, give to me was, like, being like, I didn't really get that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And not that that'd be an insult. It would just be something I'd feel really guilty if I made someone feel like that with my work. Right. It's just that's not what I'm interested in. I'm making people feel, like, less alone in the world and, like, putting a smile on people's faces exactly. if at all yeah. possible in the yeah. process. I think that is the... Mo- like, it's actually a quote at the end of The Greatest Showman and I know he was a questionable character in other ways. You're on P.T. Barnum. But, yeah. like... There's something about it, and it's like, like the act of bringing joy to others is the most honourable thing in the world. I, could, if I was to get a tattoo, yeah, that's what I get. It's like that little Instagram reaction, hundred. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Like literally, I'm like, if you, I'm like, that's what I love about doing something like Bingo Loco. It's the same thing. Just that buzz. It's the same thing. It's a buzz for them, and as a result, then I buzz off that, and it's like, yeah, like I mean, if you know, you talk about like what your role is on the planet, and I think you can have a few, but if if one of mine was to be like facilitating joy for other people who have shit going like every single person in that audience has shit going on Absolutely. like someone out there is going to need your show and it doesn't really matter whether that is Romeo and Julia whether that is Bingo Loco whether that's this podcast whether that's a play that I write a TV show that you're in a fair city whatever, I don't care man yeah. if, if you're giving someone that fuck that that's a good use of your time absolutely yeah you know? yeah and it's just like there's no losers there because you mm-hmm. feel fantastic and you're making people feel good yeah man you know? i think so Unreal. this has been so good yeah could do this all day absolutely um <laughs> i think that's us done that's an hour is it yeah that's a f- that's a legit hour Jeepers we did it let's do one more just because i'm having more. i'm having, having the fans love it uh number 26 do you have it <laughs> no no worries uh mm-hmm. number 26 ah oh, uh, i quite like this one as a way to end uh do you believe in love at first sight do I believe in love at first sight? Now, I'm. Hmm. I mean, when I saw Aiden first, I just fell in love straight <laughs> away. We never look back. Am I right, babe? Um, do I believe in love at first sight? I believe you. Uh, this is going to sound terrible, but I, I, I don't know mm. because some of the most beautiful people in the world are the biggest dickheads in the world. Sure. Some of the most unattractive people in the world can have the most beautiful personalities mm. so I don't know if 
you know, you can fall in love with someone's personality, but you're not going to see that if you just look at them. Do you mm. know? Do you, do you know what I mean by that? Mm-hmm. Unless, uh, unless I'm just inexperienced and I haven't seen it. Um, you can look at a person and think they're stunningly good looking. You go and strike up a conversation and develop a love with them, and you never look back. Mm. And I think that's probably as close to love as first sight as you're going to get. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, because I don't. Th- I think you would have to be mentally assessed if you looked at someone from across the room and was like I'm fucking I'm in love right they'd be like no you're not you don't, <laughs> you don't know that person don't be a freak do you know what I mean yeah so that's just me being cold harsh and realistic now don't get me wrong I'm incredibly romantic I, I believe in love and I believe in romance but as far as love at first sight goes if that was the case we'd have people falling in love on Tinder all the time all day or day yeah yeah know? fair and do you think that like so when you like talking about that then like that like the two sides of it so like that like initial attraction with someone that you can like purely base off looks and then like that deeper level of like oh, actual connection and like respect yeah. for them as a person or whatever like do you have do you have like certain thresholds for those things like are, like do you find yourself being um what's the word uh not like materialistic but for looks if you get me um Sh- shallow nearly or i suppose shallow but like not even to judge it in that way just being like 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 how much like how much like do you think you could fall in love with like for example the most incredibly kind generous like empathetic funny yeah. person but then like look at them and be like oh like but yeah like fundamentally i'm probably not that like you know attracted sexually to attracted to them yeah. however like i am 100 percent in love with them because they're the best person i've ever met I, I think you can be attracted to someone's personality. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, regardless of their looks and stuff, I, th- I think genuinely you can fall in love with someone. If someone is able to make me laugh, like, because th- everybody's different. Like, mm. for you, you might value, um, I don't know, a maternal instinct. Yeah, boobs. <laughs> titties, great. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you find someone with small boobs, you might not love. No, <laughs> jokes, no I'm not going down. <laughs> but, if, like, if, if your core values are family and you meet a girl, who's like, I want to have lots of babies. I just was put on this earth to be a mother. Mm. And you're melting because you're like, oh my God, I love this person. Mm. But, yeah, I, like you're not going to look at them and know that. Mm. So I don't know if you if you can fall in love with them. So, what was your question? <laughs> <laughs> love at first sight. No, but I mean, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. Do you believe that you could fall in love with someone just by their physical... Because essentially no, it is physical attraction. Yeah, no, but like at the same time, the the person that in my life that I've been most in love with, who I've had like the longest and most special relationship of my life with, I do very much remember the first time that I saw her. Yeah, okay. I, I, I absolutely like remember and could describe it to you now in great detail. But at the same time, I wasn't like... Uh, to call that love at first sight, it was no. But I think I did look at them and be like... I, I, I was like there was a bit of a wow there yeah I think I, I think on some level I knew like you were going to be absolutely significant and yeah. I, I don't know in what sense wow from the from just by looking at but man do you know I had the so I had the craziest thing happen while I was away travelling I haven't I haven't talked about this on this is obviously like this is the first podcast I've done since I've been back ladies right. and gentlemen this is Dish the Dirt with John Sharps and we're here with Tom Warren who's about to lay some truth on us this is like significant okay right but when I was away travelling in the middle of my trip about like 10 days ago about 9 days ago maybe um Basically, a girl that we were, not that we were traveling with, but that I met while I was traveling, um, she died. Shit. Mm-mm, in in the hostel that I was staying in, <gasps> and like I wanted it, I I I knew I was gonna like talk about this at some point because it's it's important and it was significant and it it happened and it it's probably. How do you mind me asking? So what happened was, basically, staying in 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 this place, Hoi An. Yes. Like we were talking about. Beautiful. And this brand new hostel had opened up, and everyone I'd met in my travels had recommended being like, "This place is 
incredible. It's called Kiki Hostel. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's got like a pool. It's a n- newly renovated hotel into a hostel. It's near the beach, near the town. It's perfect. Like everyone recommended it. I was like, great. So booked it. Super cheap as well. Like five euro a night. Like, you know the way it's everything's so affordable over there. Yeah. And so it's amazing. Booking. I met this like really cool um, girl, Celine. We've been traveling together for a while. We were having great fun. She's like, uh, like the coolest Dutch lesbian I've ever met in my life. Right. And I like just an amazing person. She like we'd be playing like she's really good at football as well. She absolutely schooled me. Like she'd not make me a few times. That's the dream. It I was the best. <laughs> I was like, this is the best thing. And she was so cool. Yeah. Uh, we got on great like so we were having a great time and then we we so were in this hostel and basically been there like for three days. We're like, oh we love it here. We're gonna extend for another two nights. And so like we extend and then that night there was like a pool party. It was like an all day thing and it was real wholesome though. Like we weren't it wasn't like real messy and like raving it was just yeah no it wasn't it was nice and we were having like you know like a beer an hour like no one was like locked it was lovely it was like just lovely vibes and we were just like playing volleyball in the pool all day we met these like uh these uh another like dutch um another dutch guy um like an english fella and two americans and like we had a real nice crew going this day yeah and um basically then like the pool party finished and we were kind of at the point night we were like oh are we gonna go out or not and we decide like um yeah so i went for food with one one of the american girls and then um the guys were just going up to one of the rooms to get changed or whatever and so when we came back from food we're going to the room to find the guys and we're gonna go out and basically um there was like all this commotion on the corridor at the top floor which is the fourth floor and we were like what's going on but it was all with our friends that we've been hanging out with all that day and basically i came around the corner from the stairs and looked into the room where everyone was and there was just two legs like uh-huh. sticking out of like the bathroom door so i was standing in the hall looking through the bedroom door and out of the bathroom door i could see two legs and and i was like and w- w- one of the lads was there and i was just like what happened and he was just like no 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 like he didn't even he didn't even say that he didn't need to so like w- i went in to the room and basically my the Dutch girl that I was telling you about, she was doing like chest compressions, and one of the Dutch guys was the doing. Du- sorry, the Dutch girl that you were playing football with, yeah. and, and got on, she was doing yeah. compressions yeah, on yeah. this other girl. Yeah, um, and then one of the guys was doing mouth to mouth, and um, basically, like, w- like, and I we just missed all what had happened. Basically, what happened was one of the guys, the English fellow we were with, um, had heard a scream in one of the rooms, and then nothing, and so he went and he like knocked on the door. And there was nothing, but he, so he went to open it and he could get into the room, but then the bathroom door was locked. There was no one in the room. They were in like a private, like two bedroom. Right, okay, yeah. And then, so he knocked on the bathroom door and there was no answer. And this was very much where the screen came from. So he ran out to get one of the Dutch guys we were traveling with and tried to, um, and he was like, we need to like go. Get so like they knocked again, yeah. nothing. So he runs down and gets a master key. So they come up and the master key isn't working. And like, now this is like 90 seconds, two minutes. So sure. they kick down the door um celine who was the the dutch girl i was traveling with she climbs through the hole in the door and then opens it from the outside this is um this is where coming up the stairs and basically then um she goes to pull the the body of of the girl who's just screamed out but she can't because she gets an electric shock in her hands so very quickly we realize like that this girl's been electrocuted she was in the shower so like um and so then we go and get like plastic from the the bin liner to pull her out that way because it it, it stops sure, the yeah, yeah. water being like produced through your hand. So, um, and like they pull her out to this point where like two legs are, and that's where where I come in. And like so they literally just started doing the compressions, and like she was very much 
already gone but they were trying to get her back obviously and they had like a background in um this sort of stuff like they were medically trained uh, they've done like first aid courses so you like call the ambulance and it takes like half an hour to come of course the ambulance comes and because it's vietnam and it's just a different way of like they don't even have the the um the like defibrillator there which is what what we were like uh, so i've been running around the whole village like looking for defibrillator. no one even knew what i was talking about and the ambulance co- like that didn't even have it which just shows you like what yeah, you're dealing yeah, with here yeah. so and then someone's coming like they pronounce her dead at the scene which we at this point we already knew and um then but they like go they don't take the body or anything they like leave her on the floor and then the police are called so then the police come but they're not like touching the body either and then we call the hospital and they're like yeah like we're not taking like this is for sick people she's not sick she's dead like we're not taking her so there's just this girl on the floor and so um you know eventually like she has to be like we have to carry her down like the the stairs like this is like two and a half three hours after this has happened so like everyone is traumatized and basically have to carry her down the stairs like literally and you know put like a blanket over because she's like naked she's just been in the shower shower, and like there's like her body her body is like electric like yeah it's charred and we have to carry her down put her into the back of a taxi into the booth we can't close the door because her like legs won't fit out do you know what i mean um and um like it's just the most undignified thing like we, i mean like we did everything in our power to give her the most dignified thing yeah, we could yeah, yeah. and like i'm so proud of like our group for doing that because i mean it was a blessing that so we she were was on in the shower and whatever pipe I, yeah something. i mean this is like a common thing in Viet- like not common but this happens in vietnam like we googled it after the event because like no one knew what happened and like they, they call the showers in vietnam suicide showers like this wasn't like a, a once-off thing um and basically what i think happened more like i I have like my theory because of like the way like we found the body but like that she like you know the way in a shower like the shower head can come off the actual like holder so I think that it was on the ground she picked it up pressed go in the shower and at that moment the like the coil somehow electrocuted her and then she screamed at that moment fell over and the shower thing landed on her chest across which is exactly where the mark was and I think that that was the thing that's so you've this steel thing which is which is you know, con- conducting electricity. Yeah, the perfect conductor of electricity. And water's coming out, so everybody's been okay. Yeah. But then when she touches it, the whole pump of the... Ele- oh, I think... Oh, we think that's what... Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, oh, we're yeah, no yeah. way qualified to know. Yeah, yeah. But, um... And, yeah, so, like... So then... And then literally brought to the hospital. She was, like... To the new hospital, she was repronounced dead. And then they wouldn't even bring her to the morgue. So again, had to carry her to the morgue ourselves. And at this point, um, like we're going down the stairs and like it was just so undignified it's and it's when things like that happen you realize how lucky we are oh man like it's just yeah like because it's just a different attitude over yeah. there to to death and stuff and and uh, uh, yeah so and i mean then obviously like we have to make like police statements and like get on to insurance companies for her family and like for the oh, embassy the dutch family. embassy yeah like yeah so it was like the dutch police went to her parents the, the crap thing was it was a full 24 hours after she died yeah, yeah, by the yeah, time yeah. it was all and like ready to happen and then we'd have a conversation with her parents on the phone which you can imagine like and so actually last night i got a text you know being like her um parents had finally got the body home and i can't imagine because like you know you go away traveling and, and you do stupid things and yeah. y- you go swimming and you've had a few drinks or like yeah, i was riding exactly. motorbikes over there like i don't know how to ride a motorbike properly you, you do a cliff dive in the nip when you're do you know what I mean? right. when you've had a few of this kind of stuff and you're like okay. look if something happens to you then like it's going to be fiercely unlucky, but something happened. But if you get into the shower, 
yeah. and you don't get back out. I mean, there's something that feels so unbelievably wrong and unfair about that. The reason that that came up in my mind was because talking about love at first sight or seeing someone knowing something significant. I, that th- so that girl, um, her name is Myrna, and I that day I'd never seen her before in my life. And that day at the pool party, yeah, I couldn't stop looking at her that day, and not out of in any way falling in love with her or, or yeah, fancying yeah, her. Even yeah, it was yeah. nothing like there was nothing romantic or sexual. Like, but for whatever reason. And I know this might sound like the kind of thing you, you like you say after that, of oh, course. But like I, I, I believe this to be true in my soul, right? Absolutely. And I just couldn't stop looking at her and like at her, her her face, and there was like a certain brightness about her and a certain like radiance about her, and I just kept looking at her and like not in a weird way, like I like would make it so she, she had no had idea, a great aura, like an aura about her, and like yeah, and you know it's so funny, like I I and afterwards I wondered, I was like on some level like. Did, Subconsciously, did, did, did you know? Did so, like, was there just some aware? Like, because I'm real open to to any of these like energy yeah. things going on, and then sometimes like you talk about that unfairness, and then on another level, you just go, well, maybe that's just a sign of like when it's your time, it's your time. Because I mean, I like d- d- look, no matter what way you want to rationalize this story, like you can't. It's the most unfair thing, and what her parents and her family must be going through now, and for her to get into a shower after having a brilliant night at like exactly, yeah, a pool yeah, party yeah. and to never get back, like feels so wrong wrong yeah like wrong random unfair just but um but yeah so i mean it was just the craziest i believe in that though like i believe that you were you know you were drawn to her whatever for whatever reason mm. that day like and johnny cash i don't know if you've read his book but he talks about that when his his brother jack died mm. that the, the day that he went it was just it was a buzzsaw accident and uh he just says i'll never forget it for the rest of my days the two of them were walking down the road and johnny was saying to his brother jack uh don't don't go to the workhouse. Don't go to the to the buzzsaw. You don't need to. You can do it tomorrow. And Jack was like, "No, I kind of have to go." And he was like, "No, come with me. Let's let's just go play." And he'd never done it before, but he just was like, "I don't want you to go." Mm. And Jack was just looking really sad at him, and just was just like, "No, I, I have to." And he was like, he was trying to cheer him up by doing his older brother was trying to do Bugs Bunny impressions to cheer to Johnny, to do, but he was just like there was just an overwhelming sadness about that day when I said goodbye. Mm. And hours later, I came home and found out that there had been an accident which he wouldn't recover from I ju- like I, there's so many things like that that I just believe for whatever reason there's a higher power working but uh, like as I say you just like when things like that happen you just can't make sense of it you know yeah yeah completely yeah so I mean like it's a, <laughs> it's a weird way to end the episode yeah. but like okay <laughs> thanks bye everyone <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time like it did just give you uh, like I honestly think that that will I honestly think that moment like changed my life. Definitely, I like it's a kind of thing. You won't forget that. I never forget that. No, never forget that. Never forget the people that like I went through that with, like in terms of like just everything because we all so interesting as well when something like that happens. Like what happens within you, like because it was really interesting just the different roles we did. Say like the guys were doing the CPR. Like I, I go very much into like quite calm, super practical, super being like okay, well. Like okay, she is dead now, so we need to find her insurance number. I need to get her passport. Yeah, need to go and get onto her insurance company. That way, we can go through the embassy and then the em- like. Because people were like, we need to get her like phone number and call her parents. I was like, no, that's not what we do. No, no, like, no, no. it's really interesting. And then also going into like comedian mode as well, and like, and and like all, all almost. We're great for that as Irish people. Yeah. we just make light of any situation completely, like. and, and and like and like making like finding the temperature of the room and b- giving people what they need, and it just yeah, really. Yeah. And then other other people were being like super reactive and super like sparky and like upset, and I and like that was also necessary energy yeah, to get yeah, going yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's fascinating, man. I'll never, I'll never forget it. It's amazing um, how humans just adapt to to roles and group and settings and what do I need to do here? 
and who do I need to be right now for mm. this person who needs help? Like it's nuts. Completely. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah, it was yeah. So anyone out there listening, spare a thought for for Myrna because uh, yeah, that's yeah, 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 it was crazy. How old was she? Uh, twenty four. So weird, man, because I have all these. Um, I, I like I took photos of like her passport and her driver's license because I need to sell them to the insurance company, and like they're on my phone now. And right. it's that thing of you know when you like it's it's nearly like it's like that thing of I'm sure like you could have it in any scenario in life, like a, a text from someone who's since passed away yeah. or a voice message or you won't delete it. Yeah, yeah. like you c- you couldn't. You no. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, just Jeez. one of them things. But um, that's a rough one. Just mind yourself with that as well. I know. Yeah, no, I have to. Know. Yeah, because I think even being home yesterday, yeah, actually coming home yesterday was the hardest part about it because. Like I kind of felt a bit guilty about being like walking home, yeah. be, walking in the door and getting go home to my family, and like my mum picked me up from the airport and I was just kind of like, like her, like yeah, like her body was flown home in a cold plane, like that's not fair. Yeah. Th- there's nothing fair about it. No. But yeah, I mean, you just have to. Such is life. Such is life. There's there's no way to rationalize it. You know what I mean? No. You just have to be like, that happened and it, it is it makes no sense and it's now part of like her family's life and it's part of our life and like yeah the whole thing was just yeah I'll never forget it but yeah yeah crazy but Jeez. like it does make you kind of look around and just be like well no matter what is going on it is one of the things that just is instant perspective you know exactly yeah and you just don't know what's around the corner you so don't be happy and yeah enjoy it. yeah man well that's not a bad way to end the podcast well, that's go. a good we'll message end to end. <laughs> <laughs> um do i know look it's been such thanks so much for doing it by the way i knew i knew it would be a pleasure it would be brilliant um and what's got so obviously we're going out into this thing now so what's like uh any bits coming up next all the social media so people can see what is coming up next when you know yeah so I the panto obviously is the panto is the next one yeah i'm part of the touring panto this year instead of the lumic panto it's the same company but they brilliant. said uh, so they have a role for me of Dandini in Cinderella, Pretty which good. is a good crack. So that would be in Killarney. It'll be in Wexford. It was in Drogheda, but I'm not sure if we're going back to Drogheda. So I don't know. But either Sweet. way, it'll be in Killarney and uh, Wexford. Also, you can keep up with my shenanigans on Instagram, John Sharpton, at John Sharpton. And uh, I believe my Twitter is now at John Sharpton as well, instead of Sharpie007, because I was 12 when I came up with that one. Nice. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, apart from that, I'm doing my own channel, Sharoof, but I like... It's it's once in a blue moon at this stage because yeah. I'm too busy, which which is a great complaint to mm. have. But if you want to keep up with any shenanigans of mine, that's where I'll be. Thanks for listening. Sweet, John Sharpson. Thanks for playing personality bingo. And listen, thanks a million. Well. So guys, that was the phenomenal John Sharpson playing Personality Bingo. John, if you're listening, a massive thank you to you for taking the time to do it. I so appreciate um, your time and uh, your talent and all of that because, uh, yeah, always a pleasure to just sit down and have the chats. Um, in other news, go and check out Copperface Jackson Musical. Tickets are on sale now. I'm so excited to um, be back on stage with the gang. Uh, it's a real special show. And uh, as I said, we are on for July and August. So get on that now. Go and check out all the brilliant stuff that is happening at Bingo Loco and they're brilliant shows honestly I couldn't recommend a night out there anymore whether I'm on the uh, MC duties or someone else you're going to have a ball and um, yeah some really exciting uh, writing news coming up in the coming months too and um, yeah all is well in the world so guys really appreciate you listening as always go check out our Patreon if you can patreon.com forward slash personality bingo and please um, try and screenshot this episode and give it a share on your social media it's just a brilliant way to let people know that you listen and you like it and you are clearly a person of impeccable taste tune in again next week when the fantastic Dan Duffy plays personality bingo with Tom Moore. Tom Moore's personality.